0: What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 196. Four episodes. Oh, no. Four episodes to go. I forgot that I was going to go to the craft store and... Now we've got, so we, so Zach and I live in the Midwest and now is not a good time to go to the craft store.
1: Oh my goodness. I've been snowed in for about three days now and at least a couple more days is what's coming.
0: And I'm not in as bad of a spot, but it's no, no. Anyway, but point is we got four episodes. So. Four. It is time. You, it is time. It is time for action. Action friends. It's time. Time for action. But today. We're going to be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Beachhead. Beachhead! Friends, we are an independent podcast, and if you like what we've got going on, you can help support the show if you wish. we got a little page at BuyMeACoffee, buymeacoffee.com slash walkingthrough, or you can go to our website at Space, and you can click on the little coffee uh, coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner, and right there, you can buy one coffee or two coffees or several coffees or... In abundance, you can buy a proverbial uh, cornucopia. No, that's like a different bunch of different a things. metric ton. You could buy two thousand two hundred pounds of coffees for us, uh, if you wish. Uh, if you really, really, really like what we've got going on, you can click on the little words walking through the stargate on the little coffee cup thing, and it'll take you to our buy me a coffee page at the buy me a coffee dot com slash walking through. And there you can sign up for what they call memberships. That's the monthly recurring thing. If you really, really like what we've got going on, you can sign up there. We don't have multiple tiers. We just have the one general fund. You can sign up, help offset the cost of running this thing. That's fantastic. Thank you very, very much to those who have contributed in those regards. That's wonderful. If you also want to go even further, we have things called wish list items. A couple of them are pretty normal, like technology. That's what people usually wish for. They're like, my mic stinks. I want a better one. Help me fund it. And so, you know, we've got a couple of mics on there. We got a better mixer on there. But we also have on there a wish list item that if it funds, we would watch the next two episodes in the non-canonical animated series Stargate Infinity and record two episodes of our thoughts and post them onto the main feed. But only... If those wish list items fund, because otherwise, I get to sit here all comfortable in my cozy, warm house, watching the snow fall with bitter cold temperatures outside, and go, ah, at least I'm not watching infinity.
1: You know, Brent, it could get better. the The show, yeah. We won't know if it gets better unless we watch it.
0: I guess that's true. I guess that's very true. Well. I'm sticking to the, my guns, though. We're only going to go there unless that thing, if that thing funds. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to enjoy not watching it. And uh, you guys have to just listen to me prattle on about it every time we do an episode about how ha! still haven't watched it yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, we went into villain
0: mode. There. Yes. Twiddling our non-existent uh, handlebar mustaches. You might I doubt you have a handlebar mustache,
1: uh, I, I, but, uh, you know. In in some world out there, I would, <laughs> would uh, consider doing that uh, for a short period of time, um, but uh, I don't think that Julie would uh, 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 let me do that. Not because she would, like, stop me, but she'd say things like, are you really going to keep that? Theoretically,
0: though. In that alternate universe where you are wearing a handlebar mustache, uh, Julie likes the handlebar mustache,
1: Uh, you know, in, you know, there is a universe in the multi-universe theory, you know, all that stuff that, that, that I do have a handlebar mustache. Yep. And I still am not convinced that there is ever one that Juliet likes
0: (laughs) in the same way that I am absolutely convinced that in the multitude of universes, there isn't one out there. Where I am actually able to grow a mustache that looks anything other than a thin, creepy mustache. Hence, my you know, clean shavenness. You, you
1: know, no, there, there, there's probably one. I, I doubt mean, it. I mean, it's probably already blown up. So there's that.
0: And maybe that one is like literally just like it's like too much. It's like a walrus mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now everyone out I there would like to see Brent
0: everyone I would love out to see there you and your walrus yes mustache. it's 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 me with this thin stupid looking little thing on dirt like dirt on my upper lip and then there's one that's just like oh my gosh it's too much I can't get, get it off get it off so th- therefore in all universes I am clean shaven
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and 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 I have had a, a beard or a goatee uh with the exception of maybe a total of six to eight months mm-hmm. since I've been married.
0: Uh-huh. And I've seen you without one for a show. And oh, you know what? So have our back when we had a Twitter, we posted a photo of That's you true. and me That's at true. the meadery, which no longer exists. Boo. Boo. And uh, you were clean shaven for that because of the of uh, the play you were in.
1: That's so. true. That's true. The, there are a few pictures out there of me. Uh, With that um, I've had to be clean shaven for At least two shows Mm. Mm -hmm. um, That I can think of off the top of my head Uh, And then there was one show where I uh, Needed to have just a mustache Ah, yes Uh, And, oh I I looked like a used car salesman
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This baby right here It'll get you 50 miles to the gallon rolling, yeah. down, rolling downhill and neutral. But it's still, hey, there you go.
1: Yeah. You know, if, if if you put this on another truck, <laughs> so that the other truck is doing all the work, you can get like 100 miles to the gallon with this car,
0: baby. That's, oh, it's, that's cause, it's, it's, it's the best. That's because the gas tank leaks. But anyway, <laughs> friends, if you have other friends in your life that you're like, oh, man, oh, man, d- my friend needs to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, there you go. Uh, you can recommend our show to them. Uh, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, uh Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. Uh, I think that Google, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and my personal favorite, of course, podcast aggregators. I still have not found one called Podcast Alligator, but boy, there that is that is an opportunity there.
1: I I would love to see that one.
0: If uh, if your friend pulls up their podcast alligator and types in walking through the Stargate, they will be able to find us and subscribe and listen to us every time that we open our mouths and post it on the internets. Hey, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to let us know that uh, the internets are a better place because our voices are floating around in there somewhere, how might they reach out and just extend those kind And just heartwarming words our way.
1: Well, if you realize that the Internet is a magnification of all that is human, which means it shows the good and the bad in technicolor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have decided that uh, this little corner of the Internet called Walking Through the Stargate is one of these nice, wonderful places. Yeah. Uh, which is certainly something that we try to do. Yes. Uh, and, and you want to share your appreciation of that with us and the whole community. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can do that with us by emailing us at at gmail.com. and you can mm-hmm. share it with the whole community and indeed the whole world with fe- by going onto Facebook and telling the world on Facebook that walking through the Stargate is a wonderful corner of the internet. Yes. And if you want to, you can go to our website, which is space. Space, oh, beautiful. I appreciate well,
0: I, that. I, 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 I somehow I struggled in making the tiny, voice. you, yeah, it was just like space. It was very nice. Mine's like space. It's creaky. Space.
1: See, see, see. The key is to to not to to just keep it high in in your vocal track, yeah, and not try to to keep it down low. If you try to keep it down low, it's like oh, space. space. You know, you, you start sounding like like Scooby Doo or or. <laughs> Or, or shaggy, or, or or a creepy old lady.
0: Uh, you know, but I was going for case. creaky, creaky old lady, not creepy. Creaky. Uh, you know, either one works. See, I blame it on my, the. Uh, I just took a nice sip of nice hot, nice hot beverage. So I'm, I'm gonna blame the lack of hot beverage.
1: Ah, uh, uh, sure. For the sure. error there. All right. Um. Anyway, uh, you can also go to Discord. And have wonderful conversations there because that's where most of our little corner of the internet resides in the yes. discords. And we have fun people talking about uh, memes and, and and beverages and, and, and episodes all sorts and predictions of and all sorts of fun stuff. Including- we even have a channel about hermeneutics.
0: Yes, we got a hermeneutics channel. And we also have people posting pictures of real life Stargates that they have encountered in the wild.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true, you know, uh, because... Every once in a while, uh, you can see those Stargates roaming the countryside. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really majestic when you see that. Just the tumbleweeds.
0: <laughs> Just rolling along. Well, yeah. Yep. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: okay. S-Star-Gates and of Stargates
0: grew big made. this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like snowdrifts. Oh, wow. See, there you go. Oh, this, is, this is what I want. If, if any of you dear listeners are in the Midwest and you have a, a metric ton of snow. Yes. Uh, y- you know, you could use that snow to make a snow gate.
0: A snow gate.
1: <laughs> now, I, I, I don't have the skills for something like that, but I'm sure that somebody does. And if you are that somebody and you were listening to this, I need to see pictures. Chevron hot cocoa just warm
0: my heart locked the, the symbols are just a bunch of like there's a snowflake and then there's an icicle yeah. and there's you know what, whatever it is
1: and and then and then if you've got some like mad photoshopping skills you could actually make the wormhole appear from your snowgate. Yes,
0: that would be wicked cool yes and then Anubis would come through and then everything's a terrible thing but now we know where he went he went to the Midwest <laughs> <laughs>
1: So so we were talking about um, Anubis getting trapped on that ice world. Yes. Well, now we know what happened is that he actually got trapped in the Midwest. Yes. Unfortunately, the Midwest doesn't stay frosty. No, it does not. He just thought out and then he went on his merry way.
0: Yeah. Six months later, he was uh, walking around in 100 degree heat going, why? Why do why am I here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So with all of that, Brent. Yeah. Shall we dig into this episode? Yes, please. Okay. So this episode is directed by Brad Turner. He's directed several episodes throughout the series. This is his second of two credits this season. Ah, he also okay. directed the episode Origin. I see. Okay. Uh, the teleplay is by co-creator and showrunner Brad Wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is his only writing credit this season, though he will have a, a partial story credit in a future episode.
0: Okay. All um, right.
1: So, but he is the, uh, the brainchild behind this episode. Mm-hmm. All right. We have several guest actors uh, Claudia Black as Vala Malderon. Mm-hmm. We've got Gary Jones as this podcast's very own friend. Yes, friend of the Chief show. Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Yeah. We have Barkley Hope returning as Colonel Lionel Pendergast. Yep. Lou Gossett Jr. as Garrick. Yep. Martin Christopher as Lieutenant Marks, mm-hmm. Dan Shea as Sergeant Siler. Yay! Yay! And then we have Donald Adams, who plays the tell. He is the, the leader of the Jaffa on the planet Kelowna, or Kelowna, yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, here is his very own mini-biography. hmm Donald Adams was born in Calgary, Alberta, and grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. He studied at the Vancouver Playhouse Acting School before beginning a 30-plus year stage career with engagements at the Stratford Festival, Second City, Tarragon Theater, uh, Bard on the Beach, and Touchstone Theater, among many others. Mm -hmm. Over the years, he has worked with such luminaries as Betty Davis, Tennessee Williams, George C. Scott, and William Hutt. Mm -hmm. He now resides by the sea in Garden Bay, B.C., And enjoys a thriving film and TV career. In his spare time, Donald writes and records his own song. Very nice. Very nice. Short, to the point, clean. Yes, love it. His first IMDb credit came in the year 1977. Yeah. When he was in the movie Skip Tracer. Okay. That's all I got. Oh, he was there. He was there. Doing something. In that movie, something.
0: 1977, that was a good year. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, a little early for me, but, you know, that, I get it.
1: Yeah, you know. You know, I mean, I almost didn't make it, but...
0: <laughs> but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, otherwise, otherwise, I'd... It's
1: 1978 would be a good year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, we have Eileen Barrett, who plays Bira. Uh, she's the other speaking Jaffa at the beginning. Yep. She's done a bunch of guest roles from the early 90s to today, including Eureka, Eureka Fringe, Supernatural, Riverdale, um, and many, many others. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for her. Her oh. first IMDb credit came in 1992 when she was in the TV series The Commish. Uh-huh. She played Corridor Nurse in the episode A Time to be Born. Okay. Yeah. We have Ian Butcher, who plays the Ori Pryor, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is standing there in toxic fumes, praying with his staff and book. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch of guest roles, too, from the early 90s to today, uh, including Stargate, Stargate Universe, mm-hmm. different characters, obviously, uh, Once Upon a Time, Arrow, Supergirl, and others. Mm-hmm. His first IMDb credit came in the 1994 video, Love Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the number four. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and, and he plays the character of Jeff in this video. Got it. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then finally we have Maury Chaykin who plays Neyroos. Mm-hmm. Here is a mini biography by John C. Hopwood. Oh, huh, okay. So here we go. The award-winning Canadian American Character actor Maury Chaykin was born on July 27, 1949 in Brooklyn, New York, the son of Professor Irving J. Chaykin and his wife Clarice. Irving, an American citizen, taught accountancy at the City College of New York. Mm -hmm. The former Clarice Bloomfield, his mother, was born in Winnipeg, raised in Montreal, and educated at the Beth Israel Hospital nursing school in newark new jersey aha uh because of his parents maury held dual canadian and american citizenship Mm -hmm. he was raised in new york city but moved to toronto after graduating from the state university of new york buffalo where he studied drama Mm -hmm. his uncle george bloomfield made his name in canada as a movie and television writer director and producer maury would later star in two theatrical movies one TV movie, and 14 TV episodes directed by his uncle. Oh, neat. Yeah. Maury made his debut in the 1975 Canadian film Me. In his 35-year-long career, he appeared in over 150 parts in films and TV series shot in Canada and the U.S. He was best known for his eccentric role as Kevin Costner's commanding officer, in the
0: Oscar-winning Dances with Wolves. Ah, uh, yes, that's where I recognized him from. Got it.
1: Uh, three films of Adam Egoyan, including The Sweet Hereafter in 97, and his role as Nero Wolf on cable TV. Ah, uh, okay. His uncle George Bloomfield directed some of the Nero Wolf episodes. Cool. He won a Genie Award, the Canadian equivalent of the Oscar... Mm. as Best Supporting Actor for his performance as a has-been rock star in Whale Music in 94, and two Gemini Awards, the Canadian equivalent of the Emmy. Recently, Mm. he had a semi-recurring role as a movie producer based on Harvey Weinstein in the cable TV series Entourage, now Mm -hmm. you know when this was written, Yeah, 2004, and a regular t- role on the Canadian TV series Less Than Kind in
0: 2008.
1: Mm-hmm. Chaykin was suffering from kidney disease in the last years of his life, and he died on his 61st birthday, July 27, 2010, mm-hmm. at Toronto General Hospital, surrounded by members of his family. He was married to the Canadian actress Susanna Hoffman, by whom he had a daughter, Rose. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, as was mentioned above... His first IMDb credit is, in fact, the 1975 movie "Me," mm-hmm. and the only information that IMDb has on this is that it was in 1975 and it was named "Me."
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it, it does list like five or maybe six actors, but that's it.
0: Might have been a small, might have been a small production.
1: Might have been. Now, the original air date for Beachhead was August 19, 2005. Oh, by the way, uh, this is not the last time we will see Nero's Nero's.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I presumed that because he's going to go into a small cell in the bottom of Area 51 motivated by hunger.
1: I I loved that scene.
0: Yes, that was really that, good.
1: That was a, I, in fact, I, I loved the interplay between Nero's and General Landry. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was really great the whole time through. Anyway. The original air date for this episode was August 19, 2005. As for number one on the charts, I am not even going to bother dignifying that with an answer until it <laughs> changes.
0: No, it's boring. Oh, man, this was a bad time for music. Bad time.
1: Boring. Anyway, in the box office. Yeah, we were watching the 40 year old version. And the forty-year-old sure. virgin was crying because he is a virgin, I guess. Yeah. And so sure. his eyes are red. He is red-eyed.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Until yeah. he
1: talks to four brothers.
0: Uh huh. About okay. how
1: to change things about his forty-year-old virgin status.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
1: And so then eventually he gets married, but he needs wedding crashers to help him out. Okay. And all of this is because they have a skeleton key.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, that that one bounced around quite like the ball on a pinball machine, but hey, you got there.
1: You know, I never ever ever claim to do this well. <laughs> Sometimes you do though. You know, it, you know, a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. Twice a
0: day. That's right. Unless it's a digital clock in which case it's never right.
1: In which case it doesn't show anything. At <laughs> all, right. all right. So, what was happening at this time? Well, this episode aired on the 19th. On the 16th of August, the West Caribbean Airways Flight 708 crashes near uh, Machique. I don't know how to pronounce that. Venezuela, killing all 160 people on. Board. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That was not so good. No. On the 17th, we have the first forced evacuation of settlers as part of the Israel unilateral disengagement plan. Hmm. Okay. On the 18th of August, Dennis Rader is sentenced to 175 years in prison for Oof. the BTK, that's the Bind, Torture, Kill, Serial Killings, Oof. in Sedgwick County, Kansas.
0: Yeah, ugh. Ugh. There,
1: yeah th- This is a dark time. That's because our music was bad. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Don't worry, it doesn't get any better. Oh, great. <laughs> because on the 18th, there's massive power blackouts. That hits the Indonesian island of Java, affecting almost 100 million people.
0: <laughs> There's a hundred million people on
1: Java. Uh, I, 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 that's I, I don't fact check these. I just go to onthisday.com. That's and I a copy lot of people. That is a lot of people. Uh, uh, you know. Anyway, yeah, Maybe may, maybe maybe the blackout
0: on that island. Um, No, no, no. Cause problems with other islands too. I mean, yeah, 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 totally. But I mean, I'm looking it up. I'm going to look up the island of Java. We're going to find this out.
1: All right. So as he's doing that, on August 19, a series of strong storms lashes southern Ontario, spawning several tornadoes, as well as creating extreme flash flooding within the city of Toronto and its surrounding communities. In Toronto, this is also dubbed as the Toronto Supercell. Yeah. Yep. And then on the 19th as well, we have the first ever joint military exercise between Russia and China called Peace, Peace Mission 2005.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, but, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. The island of Java in 2005 had about 130 million people. Uh, of so, the island. Basically, everybody. Yeah, but also this island is like, let's see here, three, six, maybe 900 kilometers. So, you know, that's about 400, 450 miles wa- long and about 200 kilometers wide. So maybe 130, 70, no, 150 miles wide or so. Um,
1: that's a very densely populated
0: Yeah. Island. And a lot of it's mountains. So it's even more densely populated. Wow. Okay. Golly. Oh, All right. Well, I have some trivia for this episode. Yeah.
1: Amanda Tapping has returned. Woo! That's not really trivia, but it's exciting. Yes, it is. All right. Um. So Bo Bridges actually, when he was in college, uh, thought about becoming a professional basketball player. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. And eventually, he decided to go into acting because he was only five ten, and he thought being short would hamper his career. Yeah. Uh, but he did play a lot of basketball in college and in high school and such. Uh, and so he's actually quite good. And so, you know, him shooting that, uh, shot in the, the basketball game at the beginning of the episode yeah. was actually him doing it. And he actually did sink it.
0: I mean, yeah, I kind of wondered how many takes it took. Sounds like.
1: And, and from what I've been told yeah. here is that every take they had to shoot, he made the shot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So at least they don't have to keep reshooting it because of the because of the missed basketball. Like they would have had to do with me. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know,
1: I I can barely get a Kleenex thrown into a garbage can when I try. (laughs) Uh, And then so in this episode, Colonel Mitchell bemoans the fact that he will no longer have a nuke free career because he calls that nuke, you know, subsequently calls it God awful and all that stuff. Uh this actually reflects Ben Browder's real life distaste for nuclear weapons and WMDs in
0: general. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I get that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So
1: uh this episode is called Beachhead in, in English. Yeah. The Spanish also call it Beachhead. Mm-hmm. Uh the the Germans call it Beachhead on the TV show or the shield in the DVD.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. yep. Right? We have uh, Hungarians call it the area reservations. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Peculiar. Yeah. 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 Yep yep, yep. yep. The the Czech call it forward base. Yeah. And the Italians and the French, taking a clue from the Germans of the past, call it the trap. Ah, got it. <laughs> okay. There you go. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a snap. <laughs> OK, so that was an inside joke between Brent and me from 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 a gathering of friends that happened yes. about eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Good times. Good times.
1: So, Brent. Yes. This morning, uh, I did not have the time to rewrite the synopsis like I normally do. Sure. So I pulled a trick out of the Brent hat. Yeah. And I talked to chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. To say... Tell me the synopsis in the voice of Vala Maldorant. Yeah! Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And so this is what ChatGPT tells us. Okay. Darlings, gather round for a tale of daring escapades and cosmic calamities. So picture this. On the planet Kalana, a bunch of Jaffa encounter a preachy prior from the Ori. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. They refuse to bow down, of course, but the prior isn't one for chit-chat. Boom! Blue force field time! <laughs> now, in the heart of Stargate operations, General Landry deciphers some sneaky goo message. Enter yours truly, Vala Maldiran, in the middle of a casual basketball game with the SG-1 team. But wait, there's trouble brewing, and it goes by the name of Neyrus, a minor goo with a penchant for causing chaos. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Neyrus spills the beans about a force field on Kalana, a naughty Ori prior and a galaxy invasion plot (laughs) to deal with this mess. We hop on the Prometheus, armed with a flashy Mark nine gatebuster to give the Ori a taste of earth's finest Mm -hmm. down on Kalana negotiations with the stubborn prior go South Q energy weapon bombardment. Garrick leader of the free nation joins the party. The force field expands, The bomb goes boom, but shockingly, it gets even bigger. Oops.
0: Hey, not everything's an innuendo.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but nobody ever talks about things getting smaller. (laughs) Turns out our attacks are powering up the force field. And Nehru spills the beans that he's been Ori's secret buddy all along. <laughs> spills the mover. beans twice. Yeah. <laughs> this force field engulfs the planet, shooting projectiles that form a colossal supergate powered by a black hole.
0: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Talk about a cosmic disaster. Yeah. But fear not, Vala to the rescue. Mm-hmm. I sneak aboard a cloaked ship, mess with the supergate's energy, and poof, Ori invasion foiled. Ha ha! Back at the SGC, Neyrus gets cozy in Area 51, and I vanish into the unknown Ori galaxy, mm-hmm. leaving Daniel and the gang in suspense. A cheeky message sent, and the galaxy is safe for now. Ta-ta. <laughs> the end.
0: <laughs> the end. That so, was all right. right. Yes. <laughs> Beachhead. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I uh I liked it. I liked it. Um th- at the end of it, uh, there was definitely several kind of meh aspects about it, but um one of the things that I'm realizing is that I'm really I really am liking the Ori and the Priors as 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 the bad guys. Um <laughs> they're they're clever and it, it works. It's working really well. Uh it I will resist the urge to keep talking about the philosophy of why they work for me <laughs> as I <laughs> okay. just keep doing that every week. But, um, uh, I'm pretty satisfied with, with where, where these bad guys, like their motivations are just so much. So, uh, more believably nefarious than the Ghoulwood's motivations, Ghouls' motivations yes. were fine, but they, You know, it felt like we were getting them under, you know, in hand relatively. And I've complained about this for quite a while. You know, how are we going to deal with the Ori? We we got we got lucky, right? In this episode, we got lucky in that uh, uh, there was a a clever guess as to what would happen if uh, if a person used a ship that happened to be available uh, to you know, wedge a hole or, you know, wedge into the last hole. You know what I'm get at like, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like that could have that could have just absolutely not worked. That could have done nothing. That last piece could have slid into place no matter what and destroyed the destroyed the ship itself. And the gate would be powered and dooby dooby do be But hey, you know.
1: Right. But at the same time, um, you know, Vala decided that she was actually going to try something. Yeah, everybody else was just like, yeah, no, we gotta do something. We gotta do it fast. And she's like, well, okay, I'll do something. Yeah, it might work. It might not work, but if it does work, it'll be good. And if it doesn't work well, then we're not in any worse shape.
0: Yeah, that was one of the eye rolly things. I'm not exactly sure how the episode could have dealt with Vala differently. That make me roll my eyes a little less that the dismissive aspect throughout the episode was getting a little long in the tooth, culminating with that scene at the end where they're literally ignoring her like Daniel almost repeating what she says, ignoring her that badly. Like, like, yeah. If I
1: have a single critique of this episode, it's that, um, they like, uh, Amanda shows up, you know, uh, Sam Carter shows up and all of a sudden nobody has any time for Vala. Right. And, and I, 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 I get that they were trying to highlight that so that, you know, her ability at the end, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it, but it, it just felt out of place yeah, given the it, last five episodes. It felt
0: disingenuous. Yeah. Like it just didn't quite line up with the motivations of the characters that we had seen up to this point. Like, yeah. you know, you could I, and I think that there's probably I, I think that there was probably room on perhaps rewriting to clean up those interactions such that they were a bit more believable. Um, You could still have motivations that are ultimately dismissive of Vala and not quite necessarily put so much of a spotlight on it in the way that they did, but whatever. Same. Like that's probably the biggest criticism that I have of the, of the episode. Um, I think that prior is inside the Stargate, Zach. Uh -uh. I think that the whole thing, the whole reason why we got that, that long, that shot of that, of the prior being all like, I like you Stargate just before, just before the, the bomb detonated is because, uh, is because he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's there. Something okay. about it. He's there. They figured out maybe a way to transport matter back the other direction. Something well, about it.
1: Th- that, that could be, um, th- that said that that Stargate doesn't exist anymore because that planet is now a black hole.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, I get, yes, I hear you. Yes. I'm saying he's in the Stargate. I kind of met like, the he network he went through the Stargate, something he's somewhere. He's not gone. Okay. He's not gone. So same. I'm going to stick with that. The same as the guy that self-immolated is not actually self-immolated because there was nothing left. He went somewhere else. Just saying. Um,
1: I think that we will discover um, what happens to them in a future episode.
0: Okay. Hooray. Uh, but bringing it back to the now, the here and now. Ah, uh, I tell you what, like one of the things that I think is a bit of a swing in the miss is still with the Jaffa. Like I, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're sort of setting up the Jaffa to be, uh, something of an enemy of humanity, kind of. Um, and that's fine. It's certainly, you know, I'm using the word enemy, but it's more like not friend. And I know that the, that I just am using binary words. So, you know, just because you're not a friend doesn't mean you're an enemy, but you don't know get at It's like the tensions yeah. are rising and that's fine. That's good. Um, these aren't
1: just rosy between uh-huh. the Free Jaffa and the Earth,
0: but that we we uh, we we had an Alderon moment here. <laughs> like, yes, we did. An entire planet of Free Jaffa just died, and the best we can do is quip about how we wanted to send a message to the, you. Know what I mean? Like, it was just like, whoa, that. Felt wrong. Now,
1: now, one of the things that is determined and it, it, it's subtle in there. It's not in there. Um, <clears throat> but when they get to the planet, um uh everybody like there wasn't any more life on the planet. Like, all, or at least you know, so so not just that oh. the, the 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 force field itself. I mean, obviously, would have killed everything. Yeah, but be, while the force field is relatively small, um the people on the planet had all already been eliminated so that was something that the presumably the Ori did in in or the prior did in some fashion
0: i missed that yes okay
1: um now it, it it doesn't change the fact that everybody on that planet however big or small that community was is no more yeah um based on what you know was, i i would wager that most of the population would have been within Relative easy transport yeah, of the of stargate, the anyway. Yeah. Um. So you know, we're not talking hundreds of million, maybe maybe millions and hundreds of millions, oh, but not but billions of people. That
0: also kind of explains the reason for the toxic atmosphere inside the shield itself. Like the planet is, well, I you mean, know, I don't know. I guess it's sixty-one and a half a dozen of the other. The planet is destined to become a singularity. So you know, might as well kill everything off. I guess I don't know, but whatever. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was clever. Uh, it indicates a level of technology and power. I'm telling you, Zach, I really like where the show writers are going with this idea. Um, I still think that it is absolutely possible for them to really just do a bad job when it comes to resolving this. Um, but <laughs> these bad guys, uh, the way that uh, that Nera says it. Right. Like, uh, how did he phrase it? It was something like the closest thing to gods or something like that. I think yeah, is how the, he said these,
1: it. The, the Orai are the closest things to gods that we've ever seen.
0: Yes. And so like it, it, it you know, I'm still standing on my soapbox going, yeah, I understand I'm on team. These are bad guys, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's hard to argue with results. And, uh, and the Ori seem to have the ability to produce results that make them seem pretty much unstoppable. So, just, let's just find
1: because out. you uh, have power, just because you have the capacity to create results, whatever we mean by results, does not mean that you're actually good uh, at 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 anything. Uh, you know, I mean, you're, that doesn't mean that, that, that you are. <laughs> Or actually, a good
0: person. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely being. true. Or, uh, right? I yeah, I hear you. I officially lodge my protest, saying I don't think that was in the definition of what it takes to be gods. Uh, oh sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, the the but the point of the matter remains of like holy stink balls. These things are like pretty bad, pretty bad, pretty pretty bad. So. Where are we gonna go? How are we gonna what's gonna happen? I don't know, man. That's I'm I am here for this story. So let's swing it over to Neris. Yes. I fi- I think finally I have seen some ghouled motivation that is like wall to wall perfect. <laughs> Wall to wall, gluttonous, self-serving, duplicitous, and absolutely willing to catch a ride on the on whatever happens to be the most powerful thing to elevate his own status. Like, oh <laughs> perfect. yeah, perfect, yes, <laughs> absolutely perfect. Uh, I, I am. Mean, and, to, and how many ahead.
1: how many ghoul uh and actors can be as threatening as he is? With mustard on his cheek.
0: I know! <laughs> right? And it's, it's, um, yeah, because it boils down to, uh, that he, it's the threats of the ghoul was their self-serving aspect. Every time that their ambitions f- pivot into the... T- into creating something that resembles a civilization it always felt tenuous right like it worked but it you kind of had to create these really big broad brush brush strokes in order to uh create the picture of how could these creatures actually sit on top of some civilization and you have these hints of rebellion and and obviously the the um uh the the there's a, a, a bunch of storylines and some movies that are predicated on the notion of that people rebel against this, and they rebel rebel against this all the time. But right. again, if you can defeat them with some well placed c four, how are these guys so so you know doing so well? Well, that's in our past right now. Having having an uh, an alien species that is so good at reading the situation in ways that benefit themselves as individuals, uh, that that. Right, right there is their danger. Like, they will always serve their interests first. And if anything about what we've got going on demands a little bit of altruism, they're out. Or they're not going – or they will manipulate this, right? Like, that's their danger mm-hmm. is, is, is yeah. the manipulation of it. So, yeah, he can stand there with mustard on his face, and I'm looking at this going like, I mean – I'm glad that we have him locked up into the deepest, darkest cell of Area 51 and that he will, uh, he, he, the, you know, the thing that will motivate him to comply is hunger, which is a little, it's a little harsh on thinking about it, but whatever.
1: Um, well, yeah, but he is so gluttonous. You yeah. don't, you don't actually have to starve him. True. Uh, to, to motivate him with hunger. You right? could just. You, you could give
0: him. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Chicken. You can just you can just place a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken right outside his cell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you he'll know, do I mean, the rest. You you, 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 that that's that's the spot where where I I one of the things I like about it, and I also don't think that uh, we're delving into the realm of torture because this guy wants so much food. Yeah, that that uh, you know you could give him. You know, ramen noodles every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can survive. Yeah, well, on yeah.
0: ramen noodles. Yeah, but he wants. But whatever he wants eggs, right? Ripe yes, he wants <laughs> ripened
1: chicken. eggs. We got eggs. I don't know if they're ripe. <laughs> I don't
0: know if they're ripe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a good point. And then, like, bringing it right back to like, he won't. He won't suffer. He will not suffer. <laughs> He's not going to sit in a cell and suffer. (laughs) Yeah. I just got done saying like their their primary character motivation, the one that's most believable is self-interest. He will fold like a house of cards so fast. Oh, yeah. So fast. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty positive, but like it's it's a little less about this episode and more about where this episode is taking the story. Capital T, capital S. Right. Like, sure. I, 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 am jamming on what's going on and how we're doing it. Um, I did think that, um, the treatment of Vala was a little weird. Uh, I didn't like it that much. I thought that they could have probably written that a little bit better so that it was a little less, a little less stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, also the little dangling thing of like, she's over in the other galaxy. Uh, yeah. What's going to happen with that? That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Hopefully interesting. Hopefully not sad. Well, it may be sad, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I hope good things. I hope there's good things in our future. I hope that uh, I hope that her uh, that her penchant for survival and making the most out of a situation will uh, be shown in full effect whenever we see her again. So that's yeah. that's how I feel about this. What about you, Zach? What do you think about this uh, episode?
1: Yeah. So you know, I I would echo a lot of what you said. Um, uh, I I think that the The treatment that Vala was given in this episode um is dismissive, yeah, and it's problematic uh for a couple of reasons one uh I haven't seen anything in the last eight and a half years that would suggest that Daniel, especially would be so dismissive to yeah. somebody he has uh you know at least begrudging feelings towards right you know yeah uh you know you know he he's frustrated with her you know he doesn't trust her in a lot of ways but you know i mean we had that basketball game right and that basketball game was you know the it was the the team together and then all of a sudden um it it changed like that yeah um and so you know it just it felt out of place um to have such bald face, uh, ignoring of yeah. her. hmm Um, if it had been done perhaps a little bit more subtly, um, you know, I, I, have been told by female friends of mine that, uh, it doesn't take much for men to turn into jerks and not even mean to. Sure. But that doesn't mean that there aren't. And, and they just dismiss women out of hand. um, and I, I kind of got the sense that that's what's going on, but it just felt weird. Yeah, uh, because y- y- you know, it it just felt weird, and I didn't I didn't like that part. And I think that it could have been you could have kept the 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 story beats all the same and have Vala leave in a different way, or even in the same way, uh, but without having to take all of the characters in that direction. Uh, which felt weird. I, think I didn't like that.
0: The part of the weirdness was that at the end, it was basically Vala versus SG one, as opposed yeah. to Vala having an idea and taking action on it. Right? Like we've seen plenty of examples of individualism happening within this, within the show and within the team, somebody just suddenly gets an idea. There's no sec- there's no time to explain it. They start acting the and rest of the team. Go te- do
1: something. Yeah. The rest yeah. of the
0: team is curious, like what's going on or like what's happening, but it works. And they save the day, like you don't need to have it be SG one versus Valla, but it felt like that at the end,
1: right? You know, I mean, it was, uh, yeah. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, it, but other than that, uh, I, I thought the rest of the episode was really, really strong. Yes. Uh, it it, it is an episode that that uh, builds uh the the world it's a world building episode mm-hmm. right it's it, it's an it's the story episode right the particulars of this episode um aren't really i mean there there's there's nothing super exciting about it in in you know out of context um but uh you know to have but the story still works right the arc of the story still works on an individual level mm-hmm. but it's also built to to put into you know Further threat of the Ori. Well, oh my goodness, they've been talking about bringing, you know, vast armies into this galaxy of the unbelievers and all of that stuff. And now we see them trying to build a super gate that yeah. would allow them to fly ships through. Yeah. And A, we had never even thought about something like as big as a <laughs> ship-sized <laughs> Stargate. Nope.
0: <laughs> I mean, Not wow. even close. Yes.
1: Uh, You know, so... Uh, You know, all of these pieces, uh, you know, the 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 villainy of what the Ori are willing to do to make that happen. You know, they they without qualm, turn a planet into a black hole. Yep. Now, I will acknowledge that in a previous episode in what the fourth or fifth season, uh, we have Sam Carter taking a stargate and throwing it into the sun and blowing it up with a black hole. Yes. So, you know, um, you know, and and that was the idea to, you know, blowing up an entire star system is a big deal. Yes. Um, but but still that was like, you know, they they didn't like blow up a civilization, they just blew up a bunch of rocks. Yes. I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. There there, there seems something different
0: here. Uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's okay to say that something different is that Samantha Carter did it for us and we like us and the Ori did it for them and we don't like them. Like, I, I understand that that is a diminished way of kind of defining why one is good and why one is bad. But I mean, for purposes like, like this is this is story uh, in the same way that I've talked about when, with uh, with Atlantis about how the wraith in season one, uh, in my opinion, are a literary device like they are an embodiment of evil. Uh, I seem to recall that in one of two truths, one of David's two truths and a lie, we might have a little bit of an opportunity to explore that and to uh, ask the question, uh, you know, are Wraith capable of being anything other than the embodiment of literal evil? And it sounds like the answer is going to be yes. But um, until that point comes, it's it's less about uh, trying to see the humanity in these characters specifically hmm. the, the priors and the orai, and more about just accepting that for purposes of the story, they are bad. I love, I delight in spending time in the gaps there and asking the question why and examining, uh, examining that motivation from their point of view, from the point of view of people affected by them. Like I, I'm having a, a hoot, uh, you know, a. Looking at which is why I keep bringing it up of like, you know, if it if it if it walks like a God and it quacks like a God, is it a God like like, you know, (laughs) right? Like like from their point of view, this is absolutely unable to be resisted. It is unable to be um, uh, changed in any way. And from their point of view, following along seems to bring good things.
1: Yeah, yeah the, there, there's a motivation issue here, and I think that's one of the things, um, you know, the motivation of the Ori is utterly self-serving. Yeah. Uh, and they don't care about other beings. At least this is what we've seen so far, and this yes. is the assumption that we've gotten so far, is that they don't care about other beings beyond uh, those other beings' capacity to be resources for the Ori. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Now, if somebody else wants to turn me, it just doesn't want to care about me in any form other than I'm a resource for them, I'm going to say they're bad. And I'm going to do everything I can to stop them or to resist them, uh, even if that resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carter's uh, uh, motivation for blowing up a sun and a planet and such, uh, was to, uh, try to stop that, that type of evil, that same type of evil. Um, and now, you know, ends don't simply justify the means, right? Um, but the ends play a role in the justification or lack thereof of the means, right? I mean, so like motivations matter. Yes. Um, now actions matter too. what, what did I actually do compared to what did I intend to do? Like right. nobody in, well, very few people intend to drive their car into another car and kill the driver. Right. Right. Um, very few people intend to do that, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Right. And so, you know, the, the actions and the consequences of the actions, uh, matter, uh, beyond the intention or motivation of the one doing the action. Mm-hmm. Um, however, at the same time, one's intention does play a role in this something, right? You know, if, if, if I ended up killing somebody, and that's why we call it manslaughter, right? Uh, you know, if, if I hit somebody with my car and I kill them, I didn't intend to do it. It's, it, it's manslaughter. It's not mm-hmm. first-degree murder. It's not even second-degree murder. You know, so so there are motivations matter. And, and so there is a difference here.
0: I think that I'm willing to go on the limb to say that uh, I'm comfortable in the space that says I don't like it's. I think I'm seeing the same thing with the Wraith. Now that I'm thinking about it. I don't like being cattle. I don't want to be cattle. But if the Wraith view people as food. And the orai view people as chicken, <laughs> right? I'm kind of shrugging my right. shoulders here of just like, I mean, we're chickens that fight back. But uh, uh, I mean, if I were an orai ascended being and I was looking at a bunch of chickens, <laughs> I'd be like, "Yum yum, when's dinner?" Right? <laughs> like, I get it. And so I'm very fine with the story going that they are bad. Cause I'm, I'm on team again, I'm on team or I are bad, but boy, am I having a lot of fun just being sure. in the space, being all like, yeah, I, I I'm with you. They're bad, but they're real. They're real good <laughs> at being bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's exception. It's an exceptionally like solid motivation here. Like this is I, this wall to wall. Pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I I ha, I've always thought since the Ori since I first started watching season 9 and 10 I've always thought that the Ori um are better villains than than uh the Goa'uld. Yes. Um even though, you know, we wouldn't have had the Ori story without having gone through the Goa'uld storyline. Correct. Um and you know, that's not to say that the Goa'uld aren't bad villains. They're just uh you know, as villains go, the or I are
0: Yeah. It, better. It took us a minute to find our voice. I was actually also thinking about how like, you know, Stargate, the movie came out in 96, 97, 94. Okay. Uh, and the, the show TV. started in 97. Thank, thank you. Um, Like in 2005, our fears were much more aligned with extremism than anything else. In 97, uh, our, we were sitting on top of the world. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, and so I can respect how it was kind of tough for show writers to really kind of find the teeth of a villain that they introduced in season one. You know, they got better at it and they found different ways to make it better. But then when they decided to just shift gears and do Stargate 1.5, like there was an easy thing that they could point to to hook. Um, American and Canadian audiences and Western European audiences, but primarily American audiences. And that was extremism. And so here we're seeing it like here's a group of people. They're extremists. They absolutely do not care who or what they destroy in pursuit of their vision of what perfection looks like. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? Boy, don't we, we don't like that. So here we are. Like we're, we're telling some stories and it's working.
1: And, and you know, frankly, and this is one of the things that I appreciate about the show and why it holds up 20 years later, is that questions of extremism are still around. Yeah. We still have those questions of extremism today. Uh, they are coming in some different circles, some of the same circles, but yeah. they are also coming in different circles. Um, and we are having to navigate that. And... You know, here we have the story of uh, a group of heroes who are stalwartly fighting against that extremism in many different ways. And sometimes they succeed and sometimes they fail. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that they're learning here is that, you know, hammering on the Ori with all the force that you can muster isn't working. Yep. We've got to find a different way of doing it. Yep.
0: What are we going to do, Brent? What are we going to do? It'll be really interesting to see. There's actually, I did not know this until four months ago, five months ago, pretty interesting sociological study work done, I think, out of Winnipeg, Um, Hmm. basically on this question. This was a while ago, and this was over the course of quite a number of years. Um, I will miss quote stuff and probably miss a little bit of the point, but I'll boil it right on down to one core element. How do you win, quote unquote, win against people who are absolutists in any regard? The short version Mm. is you experience that, that you help open their eyes to different experiences and see the commonality of the human experience. That's the short version. There are many different ways, lots of different tactics about that, lots of different things that are effective or not effective. But the short version is you find a way to show that the person that they think that they fear the most or that they hate the most is actually a person just like them. And it really starts to diffuse it an awful lot. Will we see that in this show? I don't know. Uh, do we have to see that answer? Maybe, maybe not. Like, it's a show. It's okay if the show goes, like, look, 90% of the people affected by this bad thing can be convinced through these more humanitarian ways. And the last 10%, we just kick their teeth in and here's how we do it. Like, that's okay. That's a show. Yeah. In real life. You kick teeth in, you make more enemies. That's how it works. Like, the,
1: yeah. Yeah. The, the, this has been, you know, part of my personal philosophy, uh, for decades is the idea that, uh, uh, like, like, and, 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 you know, this has been said many times. I'm not the first one. You know, hate cannot defeat hate. Right. Um, the only thing that will defeat hate is love. And I know that sounds trite and all of that stuff, but it's also true. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the way to diffuse and defeat uh, a, a position that is harmful to me and to others, potentially, uh, is is to find a way to humanize them, yep and 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 invite them into a place where they can begin to humanize me. yep. um, and here's the risk. Here's the big risk. I have to humanize them before they will begin to humanize me mm-hmm. on an individual relational level, and that won't happen. and and just because I humanize them, does not guarantee that they're going to humanize me, and that puts me at risk.
0: Uh, it's another one of the principles of this particular study was that nonviolent action is the thing that works. It takes forever. Yeah, yeah. It takes a very long time.
1: It, it, it it's, you know, I mean, genocide works. Uh, no, you see, yes, actually, actually, but so but like, no. So, like, but so, like, here's the thing: it's like genocide. Works with the particular enemy, but it doesn't necessarily solve the problem because it the, problem is, the problem is, is that there's going to be somebody else who, you know, if I dehumanize somebody, then I'm going to be dehuman. There's always going to be somebody that I'm going to dehumanize. Yes. And if I eliminate one group of dehumanized people, uh, then then I've got to find somebody else to dehumanize.
0: Yeah. And yeah. and uh as brutal as this next statement is going to sound uh historical evidence has indicated that we have not yet found a way to actually effectively eradicate every one of a particular thought there's oh, sure. always somebody who survives and therefore that idea of uh of uh vict- uh what's the right word uh not victimization the point is is that you, you, somebody will end up just highly motivated to spread the message of the uh, the, the heinous acts ha- that happened to them and create more people willing to fight back. Mm-hmm. Always, 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 always. There is never going to be a way that you can kill your way to peace, ever.
1: So why Brent for at least 5,000 years longer, why do we keep doing it? Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Zach, I think that we're going to have to let that question go.
1: <laughs> I, 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 asked that question, uh, not really for an answer yes, I or even for an extended period of conversation on that. Uh, but that is the question yes. that, that, uh, So uh, interestingly, uh, I I will respond to my own question by saying that asking that question is at least one of the first steps, maybe not the first steps, but one of the first steps in actually changing the system. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, ultimately, there's only one person in the system, even if it's a system filled with seven or eight billion people uh, that I can change is me. I am the only person that I can change. Um, I can perhaps, uh, you know, in in my endeavor to influence you positively or negatively, um, you you might change. Uh, but that change is ultimately on you, based on the input around you. Mm-hmm. It's not on me. Yep. I didn't change you. You changed yourself. Yep. Um, and that happens in both positively and negatively. Anyway.
0: It's good stuff. I'm glad I'm glad that this show is giving me opportunity to think on these questions. I love this stuff. Love yeah. It. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, you know, uh, I I have never had the same vitriol toward these
0: seasons as some fans out there. Uh, right now, I'm enjoying this more than the other ones.
1: And, you know, my my biggest uh, lament about seasons nine and ten is not that this is where they went and this is what's happening or that we don't have. Uh, you know, Richard Dean Anderson, you know, I w- would love to see him back. Sure. Uh, all of that stuff. My biggest lament is that they only got two seasons
0: for it. Sure. Yeah. And I can re- I can respect how the viewership I, I-, I-, I get it. I, I can mean, it's understand. a TV show, right? You yeah. Know, so like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can understand how the viewership is like, Meh, I just kind of watch. I kind of want to watch the team do their thing. Like, I, I I get that. I'm liking this story more than the other ones. That is for dang sure. I am a little, a little bit annoyed. I laughed, uh, absolutely laughed out loud when, what's his face? N- n- nurses. Nerus n- nurse, Nerus Nurses. Nerus ne- When Nurses was making those comments that had to be answered with, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson isn't here right now. <laughs> I liked oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked that dialogue. Um, I liked the, you know, where's Carter? You know, th- that worked. I liked mm-hmm. it. I also said to myself, ooh, I hope mm, I hope that the show doesn't keep bringing this up. I hope that the show doesn't keep trying to, like, kind of stick a pin in there and go Hey, remember, we're the ones that used to have Richard Dean Anderson. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, yes, you did. And it was wonderful. Fantastic. Move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I would say, uh, based on my recollection of these seasons. Is that uh, they don't typically do that. You know, they're not like, hey, don't forget, we had Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah. Um, but every once in a while, uh, they will, uh, will, will, will will have an opportunity to remember uh, that that, uh, that was part of our past. Yeah. Um, you know, not with a, oh, wasn't the past so great, um, but just more like, you know, that's where we came from. Yeah. Uh, that's my recollection. We'll have to wait and see to see if I am actually right on that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Well, Brent. Yeah. I think it's about time that I ask you, how many Chevrons are you going to give Beachhead?
0: Yeah. I think I started off this conversation by saying that I was kind of mad. I liked it, but I was kind of mad about it. Like, I, 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 I think that the parts that I didn't like, they definitely stood out. How... Vala aldoran was treated stood out I didn't like it Uh, i brought up just now about how like the 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 rda callbacks were just a they were just a little too strong for my taste it was like you know it's okay it's all right like yeah he was here it was great but we don't need to quite shine that strong of a light on it um there were aspects of how the story did its job that were fine but they weren't particularly like like Brilliant. Uh, the way that the Jaffa were used um, was fine, uh, but you know it's it, it it wasn't brilliant. However, where we went in this forty-three minutes of television with the story, I thought was great. I really am interested and excited to see where we go with this. Uh, I I want to uh, carry on and see these stories you know what i mean like it's like it's like give me the next one like i'm like i'm ready to see the next one so this is uh this is good and i'm feeling good about it we'll see what happens with with vala hopefully Mm -hmm. that's awesome uh we'll see what we do with this threat because boy is this threat pretty bad uh looking forward to that i'm gonna give this one a six out of seven i think that the parts that i didn't like were bad enough that i'm just like no this isn't this wasn't really 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 dang good but on the other hand i mean i had a lot of fun can't fault it for having a lot of fun. So yeah. six out of seven for me. What about you?
1: Yeah. So uh, I really, really like this episode. I think that it it solidifies a lot of things. It solidifies the not just the theological threat of the Ori. Sure. But a militaristic threat. And they're creating a beachhead. And now this one was thwarted. Mm-hmm. But um, you know they're going to try again. Yes. Um. You know so so that kind of threat uh really ratchets things up uh so we've got uh you know the the struggle with the jaffa uh some of the things that I didn't like was the vala stuff. I also thought that you know I, I was frustrated with garrick's uh utter inability to see anything other than what was straight in front of his face.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a fault of the writing honestly, which is what I, I was mentioning. It's like it, the, yeah. it's Jafal stuff was fine, but mm. Um
1: now, that said, I can't say that there aren't people that are like that. True? That that there are people like that who are in leadership. Mm-hmm. I just find it very very dangerous. Um and, you know, it, it was just like ah, but I didn't you know, I didn't like it. Um I I think that I could probably forgive the the Garrick personality stuff, uh, and give this a seven. Uh, if that's where all it was, yeah. Uh, however, I really thought they did Vala a disservice in her in- relational interactions with the SG One team when when Sam came back. Yeah, uh, and I understand the reality that when you add somebody into a system that hasn't been there before, things change. Blah blah blah. I know all of that stuff. It's all true. Still, it. No, I didn't like it. And so I can't give this episode a seven. And frankly, it was frustrating enough for me that I will knock it down a whole point, which means I, like you, will give this episode
0: a six. Very good. I've noticed.
1: About, I thought about six and a half. I'm like, like, yeah. no, is, and I'm like no, no, nope. the, the, the disservice they did to Vala deserves a whole point
0: knock. One of these days, because I know that you keep this in a spreadsheet. One of these days, I'm going to do some analysis to see I got a feeling that you and I have, uh, have, have gotten far closer with our, uh, ratings over the day, over the days. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically days, a lot of them <laughs> so, over the so, years.
1: So I'm looking at, uh, the spreadsheet cause it happens to be open on my computer right now yeah. in this season. I'm just looking at this season. Um, you gave Avalon part one, a five and I gave it a five and a half. Yeah. Avalon part two. We both gave it a six origin you gave it a seven i gave it a six and a half yeah ties that bind we both gave it a seven the powers that be you gave it a five i gave it a six this episode we both gave it sixes yeah so we are (laughs) very close um yeah and then as i look back um we both gave mobius an eight Uh, i gave threads an eight you gave it a six that's one of the bigger differences yeah uh, Reckoning, you gave it a seven. I gave it a six and a half. Uh, Citizen Joe, we both gave it a seven. Fives for Full Alert. Seven for It's Good to Be King. Uh, five and a six for Prometheus <laughs> Unbound. An eight and a seven for Gemini. Uh, four and a five for Endgame. Three and a three for Sacrifices. Three and a three and a half for Covenant. Two and three and a half. That's a big difference for Affinity. Uh, that's the one with, the uh, <laughs> when when uh teal has an apartment affinity yeah (laughs) avatar we both gave that a seven icon we didn't like that both gave it a two yeah you know the there are times when when we have a difference but rarely is it more than a point yes to a point and a half yeah all right now all that is very nice uh side step (laughs)
0: But it is time to look at our
1: predictions. Yeah. See what others say.
0: Let's find
1: out. All right. We have some Facebooks, and I have to pull them up. All right. So we start with Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Adrian says Supergate and a gluttonous gulwold. No, they are not new nicknames for Brent and Zach. (laughs) I claim gluttonous gold. Okay, then I get. I was going to ask who's who. <laughs> I guess I'm a supergate.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: All right, uh, but they will appreciate both of these plots. I think seven from both. That's very close. P.S. I hope Vala survived. I like the energy she brings to the team. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Martin responds. To Adrian, there you are, pretending like you haven't watched the entire series before.
0: (laughs) To which Adrian
1: responds, I've only watched up to season 10, episode 20.
0: (laughs) Which I think is the very last episode of the very last season. (laughs) (sighs) Awesome.
1: Then we have Paul. Hi, Paul. I sit here eating an everything bagel with butter on it while I ponder how much trouble the Ori is just starting to be. Mm-hmm. I like your bagel choice, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's sh- fine. It'll work. Shush.
0: I'm
1: <laughs> trying to read Mr. Gluttonous Goo <laughs> over there. <laughs> sure, go ahead, Supergate. <laughs> yes. Brent and Zach enjoy this episode due to the Jaffa and Tower retention. They also feel bad for Vala due to everyone ignoring her yep. idea. Brent gives this a six. Yes. And Zach gives it a seven. Oh, so close. So close. All hail the Ori. All hail the Ori. And then we have Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Carrie say, yay, Samantha's back to save the galaxy and Vala is a hero. I give this episode a six. Yes. Brent will give it a six. Yes. And Zach, a 6.5. Oh! So
0: close. So very, close. very, very, very close.
1: Can't wait to see what happens next.
0: Awesome. All right.
1: So those, I think, are all of our Facebooks. What do we have in the discords?
0: On the discords, we've got Kriyamisk. Amisk, hello. Cree says, I've always really enjoyed this episode. It has always been a standout moment to me. I found the humor being well blended with the greater seriousness and the awesome demonstration of power the Ori possess, possesses with creating the Supergate. Watching the process of how it all unfolded really lights up the imagination. Since I was way off the Chevron rating last week, I'm just gonna throw it out there here. I'm gonna throw it out there with how I thought of it. Zach is six and Brent. A six. Oh, you <laughs> got it. <laughs> Good job. Good well job. Next up. We've got Banjo. Hi, Banjo. Banjo. Hi, Banjo. Banjo says, what could it be as these giant pieces just come flying out and starting to form a circle? What do you think it could be? Come on, gang. And now uh... we have. Sac- geometry. Yeah, it is geometry, and now we have sacrifice self, Vala, all ready to be packaged and merchandised. <laughs> <laughs> Banjo gives this episode a three. Ooh, oh, wow. wow! While I think Zach will give it a five because yes, it is kind of cool seeing them attempt to create a super gate, and Brent will give it a six for future ah. plot reasons. Yeah, I did get. Yeah, well, it got yeah. mine. Well done, Banjo. Yeah, well, done. very close. Very close. JD says, "Hi, JD." Hi, JD. JD says, like Zach, I too am a man of faith, and the Ori and Priors are so fun for me because a religion I can identify close to and an archetype I respond, sorry, and I respect become evil. Mm -hmm. The look of the Prior calmly reading origin inside the bubble has some real undertones that I understand and identify with while also recognizing they are super sinister. There's some great moment great movement of the ori plot here and another quote is vala actually a deeper character than she's written as at face value scene another six from me six from zach yes and a five from brent super close close. jd JD, jd continues brent will be cautious but i think zach will echo my own feelings very good very 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 close very good very close thank you thank you jd Thank you, JD. We have Tyrantosaurus X. Tyrantosaurus X says. Hi, Tyranantosaurus X. Says. Carter is finally back. Nerus is our first funny ghoul wooled. And Vala gets some more depth. And we got some cool new tech with a supergate. Zach a six. And Brent a six! got it as well! Good job. Well done.
1: I would just like to point out, dear listeners, that when we give dupa dupes, my arms rise up into the air and they begin to flail like Kermit the Frog.
0: Hilariously, so do mine. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That's awesome. That's right. awesome. We got Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. It's finally time to talk about one of my favorite episodes from season nine. And for obvious quote or not quote and personal uh, and for obvious parentheses and personal parentheses reasons, uh, Kevin says, as I was watching and eating my dinner, I took a few notes. One, of course, I wonder if any of the Jaffa who got flung backwards survived. And if they did, might have been better if they didn't. I hope they still have symbiotes. Number two. Yes, I think that they probably died. Number two. Whether well, they, they died definitely died fling or not. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but they did die. Yeah, I'm going to go with die with the fling. Yes. Number two. I didn't know Bo Burgess had such basketball skills. Then again, he didn't have Teal'c blocking him. That's true. Teal'c is very tall. Number three. They've been using the voice flange willingly the whole time. I know. Yes. I thought, I thought that was going to be a twist that he wasn't actually a real Jaffa or uh, a real Gould. Gould. Thank you. Yes. Number four. Nearest pronounced the word Jaffa very weird. Yes, he did. It sounds like he didn't pronounce the J. That's right. Or pronounce the J as an H. I noticed that too, which once again provides evidence to me pronouncing the animated uh, picture thing as HIF because Nearest did it. Just saying. He did it with a J. I did it with a G. Anyway, number five. She's back. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Number six. Hooray, they did it. They said beachhead. Everyone talks, uh, taking a shot every time they say the name of the episode in an episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They said beachhead a few times. (laughs) The Jaffa even used the word beachhead. (laughs) Number seven. Wait, the Ori ascend their followers? Mm, at At least the priors. At least that's possibly. Oh wait, but so did uh so did Nerus was saying all will Oh yeah, okay, all right. Well, Number eight. At least that's what they are telling people. Ooh. Number eight. The best part of the episode is when Vala's cargo ship and the Supergate are destroyed, and then everyone on the Prometheus cheers. <laughs> yeah. Boo. 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 Uh, Kevin concludes, I had a great time watching the episode and I hope you had a great time watching. I'm predicting a six from Brent's and Zach. Kevin, you got it.
1: <laughs>
0: Again, with <the> wavy arms, <laughs> wavy arms. Yep. Uh, he concludes, I wish you a happy weekend and pending some sort of deus ex machina that prevents you from recording. I will see you next week. Indeed. Thank you, Kevin. That's it for we got for the. Uh, discords
1: all right well we have a couple of emails so the first email is from lydia ann hi lydia ann lydia ann says um greetings sam's back and vala has to go because two women is one too many <laughs>
0: i don't know atlanta yeah. seems to be making it work <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I can definitely appreciate that, that there. Um, I think this episode suffers from too many plot points and not enough story to connect them. Mm. Huh. We're told that Sam's the one who developed the Mark 9, and we're always happy to see her, but her lines could have been said by any scientist.
0: True. True.
1: Vala has to act alone at the end, so her one advocate, Daniel... Spends the episode belittling and talking over her. Yep. Why is Daniel suddenly a misogynistic redacted?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garrick shows up and does nothing but make things worse. hmm That's true. Nerus is such an interesting character. Gulawuld turned Ori worshiper, but he's characterized using the worst fatphobic stereotypes. Yeah, fair. Fair, yep. Yeah. Uh, sure, we see how advanced and powerful the Ori are and how much worse things could be. They can build a supergate that whole starships can use. Yeah. But the only reason they weren't successful is because of Allah and the Milky Way is fresh out.
0: Fresh out of Allah.
1: Fresh out of Allah's. Brent gives it a three. Ooh, wow. And Zach a four.
0: Nope. I liked it better than that.
1: I liked it better than that. But I do appreciate uh, your perspective. Oh, Lee yeah. Ann.
0: No, that's actually, those are really uh, yeah. good. I really like those points. Those are good points. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then finally, we have David. Hi, David. David has a, does the Supergate need a supervised Chevron encoding bias buffer?
0: No, because we blew we blew it up.
1: We blowed it up. It, it, it went boom. It went it boom. Went kablooey. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> What does David have to say? <laughs> Thank you. I, I sometimes get off track. That's yes, okay. <laughs> there are some hand wave issues here. A hand wave like when someone says, um, actually, Stargates don't work like that. And Vala couldn't somehow be sucked into the matter stream right as the gate was forming. And, and you wave your hand at them to say, none of that matters because I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did here. Yeah, <laughs> I like this one a lot. Nerus is Nerus is fun. Vala yeah. makes the sacrifice play, and the Ori may be even more of a threat than we thought or thought of if they can actually build a supergate. Yeah, one fun little bit for me: the we don't need to talk like that retcon from Nerus. I imagine a scene in the SG One production offices. Sci-Fi Channel has cut the budget for SG-1 again. (laughs) They're looking for ways to save money, and this episode was going to be SFX-heavy. Yeah. So, So friend of the show, Joe Malazzi. We need to to cut some expenses from this show. We need ideas. Paul Mulley. We've got a Wold in this episode. Maybe he does not need to do the glowing eyes thing. Malazzi. Good idea. What else? Robert Cooper. How much does it cost us to do a Gualwold voice thing? Brad Wright. About $1,000 every time they talk. Malatzi, <laughs> U.S. or Canadian dollars? Right, right. Canadian.
0: Of course. <laughs>
1: Robert Cooper, do they really have to talk that way all the time? Paul Mulley, you mean talk normal? Robert Cooper, yeah. Maybe it could be some sort of gould affectation they do to impress people. <laughs> Joe Malatzi, and now that people know they are not gods, they don't have to impress them anymore? Brad, right? That's a great idea. <laughs> we could even have our Google say we don't need to talk like that as a retcon. <laughs> and from now on, whenever we have Google in the show, they can talk normal to everyone.
0: That's brilliant! <laughs> brilliant!
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Brent will give the seven chevrons Ooh, for the idea of the supergate. Yeah. And Zach six and a half chevrons because very, very saying close. goodbye to Vala made him sad when he first watched this episode. Yeah. Well, it is actually true. When when we had to say goodbye to Vala, I was sad. I was getting to like her a lot at that point in time. Yep.
0: And then she went away. And I'm like, oh. oh. Wah, wah. I thought that Vala not dragging a Jaffa into the ring gate thing was also kind of a a kind of a dumb thing. What Should, she she zatted uh jafar to get the ship right and then just left his unconscious body on there while it got blown up
1: no 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 she she used the rings to transport him back to the ship when um i mean she does it because you see her working the controls after she 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 drags him into the ring um it's possible she doesn't ring and maybe he's just unconscious and and she tries to ring him back when she rings herself back but i think that she activates the rings and rings him i'd have to watch it again let's go with that back. um and then says hey you know i'm i'm coming i'm coming uh and then i'm dead or Not maybe anyway, no. i'm in a different galaxy mm-hmm. who knows mm-hmm.
0: yep. yep 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 all right so those are our predictions thank you everybody thanks everybody that was great
1: yes now brent yes the next episode in the Stargate SG-1 saga is called Ex Deus Machina. Ah, okay. And I ask you, what
0: is it all about? I'm going to go with Machina, not Machina. You can okay. say it however you want. Ex Deus Machina. Mach. Machina. Machina. Ach. Mach. Ex Ach. Deus Machina. Ex. Uh, ex Deus Machina. Next time on Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. It's a world that is mysteriously all almost monochromatic. They step through it; everything seems to be almost copper-colored in some way or another. Ooh! They look around and they go, "This is weird. Where are we?" They start walking down a path that looks an awful lot like the Pacific Northwest, and they come across a small little house. And inside. They say, hello, and people are like, hi, how are you? Wow, you look weird. Uh, Where are you from? Oh, you're from the gate. Oh, I see. And they decide to have some lunch because they're hungry. And then a storm happens. Oh, no. Oh, no. A storm happens, and and off in the distance, there's a big tornado. And the tornado comes on by and sucks up the house. Oh, Oh, no. no. And up they go, and... A window crashes into somebody's head and they go ka Oof. But they're all alive. They go walking to the door and they open the door and what is this? The whole world is now full of colors. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And they go and they talk to a bunch of small people. And they go talk to a person that has no brain. They talk to another person that is apparently made out of metal. And they talk to a lion. And they have a fine time. But, importantly, they are told to go see... The god over there. (laughs) And they go and they visit, and it turns out that the god is not a god at all, but he's actually a person in the machine. Shocking. The god was in the machine. I thought to myself, I should make a play off of Wizard of Oz. It'll be great. And here I am, and now it's not great at all. (laughs) Maybe it'll be a musical. Join us next time on Stargate SG1, the musical, Ex Deus Machina. Okay. Now is well, ex deus machina then out of God, the machine. Uh, Cause isn't it deus ex machina?
1: Deus ex machina.
0: God, God from the machine.
1: God. Yeah. Ex, ex deus, deus machina, machina would be out of God, the machine. I think. Yeah. I don't know. My Latin is not very good.
0: Maybe we're going to find out that the Ori are building machines.
1: Well, maybe we should watch the promo that okay. David sent us. And that will help us figure it out. Uh, it's either going to be that
0: or it's going to be the Wizard of Oz. That's what it's going to be.
1: Well, you know, Stargate has had lots of Wizard of Oz references. True. All right. Shall we watch the promo? Yes. Okay. I am hitting play now.
0: Next time on Stargate SG-1. lone Jaffa runs for his life. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, wait a minute. Presence earth. on Earth is a mystery. Found literally in the middle of nowhere. A two miles west of town called Edison. Population 2012. The investigation oh. leads to a company. Colonel Carter? Charlotte Mayfield. BP here at Pharaoh Marshall. How can I help uh-huh. you? And to an okay. even deeper mystery. My ships
1: have been seized. My army's vanquished. I no longer present a threat to this galaxy.
0: All I ask is to be left alone oh, wait, without having to worry about you, oh, Jafar. No, it's Ball. So I, I it was the other guy. Man, He's not doing the voice it. thing. Tensions escalate with the free Jafar when Garrick
1: learns Ball is on Earth.
0: But that's not the end of it. Of course not. We've only just
1: begun. It's all next time on Stargate SG-1.
0: What is Ball oh. doing in San Francisco or wherever he is?
1: Uh, wow. Well, that's a good question.
0: That's rude. Rude. He should stay on his own planet.
1: Well, you're right. But his own planet was like destroyed by replicators and stuff. <sighs> Details. And, and he doesn't have his ships and and all of that stuff. And so now he is on Earth doing naughty things.
0: I thought it was the guy, the billi- the, the, the the billionaire playboy who was going to space from episodes oh, ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we don't see him ever again.
0: Oh, right. I think you told me that.
1: Um, He might be mentioned at some point in time, but we don't. I can't remember.
0: (laughs) Anyway. okay. well, we're going to see Ball back and not doing the not doing the voice thing anymore because we don't have to.
1: Yeah, you know, we can save money that way.
0: We can certainly save money that way, (laughs) because let me tell you, friends, every time that I do that effect on our uh, little uh, story. Star Trek Celestial Gateways thing, it cost me a thousand bucks every time I say a line.
1: Well, you know, Canadian. I'm just going to say this, Brent. I'm just going just to just throw it out there. Yeah. Okay. If it's costing you a thousand bucks every time you do that, you should find a different thing to do with your thousand dollars.
0: Fair. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. Okay. Didn't cost a thousand dollars. What? What? <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to have uh, we're going to have ourselves ball speaking all normal like and attending board meetings.
1: <laughs> you know, they're called board meetings because when you're there, you're bored.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to see we're going to see uh, we're going to see ball uh, driving down the, the driving down the street and rolling on his window and shouting "Ha business.
1: Yes. And we will learn all about that next time. Yes. So, dear listeners, tell us what you think about what we've said today, about what we said yesterday, although we didn't record anything yesterday, so I don't know how you're going to do that. Nope. But anyway, you know, if you have clairvoyance or something or, or whatever. Sure. You know, anyway, or whatever. You know, if you have thoughts about this episode or about the podcast or about anything else, let us know by emailing us at gmail.com. Of course, go to the Facebooks, go to the Discords, have some fun, share memes, share pictures of cats, because Why not? You know, if you've got a picture of Ball with a cat, then, you know, maybe you have a picture of a cat playing with Ball. Yes. You know that, that, that would works. Be, that would work. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it exists. And if it doesn't, create it. Because you are the internet. And that's what the internet does. Yes. And with all of that, I say, I'm Zach. I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time.
0: Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.